Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Library is Open. Um, I am one of your hosts, Jessica Zero. I'm an educator here at Bywater Solutions, and this podcast is uh, sponsored by Bywater Solutions, and this will feature conversations between uh, Brendan Gallagher, one of our owners, and Nate Carula, another one of our owners here at Bywater Solutions. Hey, guys. Hello. Uh, we've started this Library is Open podcast so we can talk with individuals out in the Koha community, in our libraries, um, so we can share these ideas and what's happening um, around the world. So welcome, Brendan and Nate. Thank you. Um, before preparing for our interview and podcast today, um, we asked some staff and library partners what did they wanted to learn from you guys. Um, so here's a couple questions. Tell us how did you meet? Um, well, Nate and myself, we lived, uh, on the same street. We were neighbors. Um, so we kind of grew up as brothers. Um, and I think probably like the first time we met, we were each walking down the street, uh, kind of like, who, who, who's that kid? And so, uh, I, I think we went up over and like, like looked at a stick or something like that and ended up pushing each other, something weird like that, that brothers do. Um, and then from then on, we were inseparable. Um, Nate used to always like sneak over to my house, and then we'd go run off in the woods and fight wizards and all of that good stuff. <laughs> um, Brendan, tell us uh, where were you first introduced to Koha, and how did you learn to use it? Um, I was working for a consortium in Connecticut that was on Horizon. And I was uh, providing support for a consortium. And I found the software very uh, difficult to use. And at the point, whenever I tried to get help from the proprietary vendor, um, they just left me hanging. And the answers that they gave were not very good. And I wanted to dig into them deeper. Um, a lot of times I would call them, and then I would get a call back maybe a month later at the earliest. And so I started looking at, uh, for alternatives um, to that software, and I uh, came across Koha. So then um, what I did was uh, Nathan and I at that time had owned a house together, and every night after work I used to get home, and uh, I used to bring an old desktop with me, and I learned Linux, installed Koha, and absolutely fell in love with it. Awesome. Why did you want to start the company? Um, the, the first goal uh, when I was talking with Nate about starting a company was uh, to provide support. Uh, any interaction that I'd had before was always, uh, it left me wanting more. Um, and I thought that the, the communication and their attention to detail um, and the speed that they talked with me was very poor. Um, so we, we established everything on those principles that we would, um, we may not know the answer, but we're very interested in having a discussion with you and understanding your needs. And, um, you know, we're librarians, so we like to research. Um, so let's do this together um, and we can have a good, friendly communication and we can do this quickly. Uh, and that's, that's mainly the, the, the core beliefs behind how we provide support. Awesome. So, Nate, what did you think when Brendan first came to you and asked, you know, to help get this business off the ground and, and um, you know, work with libraries? 
Uh, I didn't have a lot of experience with Koha or with command line technology um, like Brendan did. My experience is more based on customer service and sales. So Brendan sat down and explained his experience with their current vendor, what they were paying, and the opportunity that existed in the library world. Uh, I got really excited because it seemed really elementary um, that you, you need to take very good care of your customers especially if you're charging the prices that he was telling me they were paying. Um, and I asked him a lot of times what, what many libraries ask me or our sales team when we we're talking about Koha, and that's, what's the catch? You know, this seems too good to be true. Um, how can it be just as good and cost a fraction? Um, and as I learned that there really is no catch, uh, I got even more excited. Um, so, you know, I was, I was all in after a month after we started the company, I quit my day job. We did our first interview in the stock closet of my day job. Um, <laughs> you know, and my background was with retail. So, uh, you know, I was all about customer service. I was, I was all into it. And, and that was really the key. I, I knew that, that, uh, Nate and uh, myself doing this together would be very successful because that message was very pure. Uh, it was, it's a good, clean mission and a good, clean, pure message that we're trying to deliver without a catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Tell us how you came up with Bywater. So ever since we were very little, Brendan and I have been huge Lord of the Rings fans. I've, uh, I've read the books probably, I don't want to say every year, but close enough to every year to say every year um, since I was about nine. Uh, so when we were kids, we would name everything after Lord of the Rings. So, you know, the, the dark, scary pine forest behind our house was Gollum Forest. And, you know, everything was named after Lord of the Rings. So when we were sitting down thinking about what, what to name this company, you know, we had all these acronyms and corporate cold-sounding names. And we were like, what are we thinking? Let's stick with what we know and go to our roots, which is our friendship. Um, and, you know, we decided to stick with Lord of the Rings. and makes perfect sense because, of course, it's literary and we're, we're helping libraries out here. Um, and there's a loose connection with Koha. Lord of the Rings is, you know, written by Tolkien, who was British, but the movie's really big and they're filmed in New Zealand by Peter Jackson and Koha was developed in New Zealand originally. So there is there a connection there. And um, so we came up with Bywater. And Bywater is a, is a kind of subset of the town of the Shire uh, where the green dragon was, for those who know the stories. Um, and it was the green dragon was where travelers would meet, um, on the road and share the news of the day and collaborate on, you know, things that were going on and new technologies. And that's exactly what open source is. It's, it's a bizarre, it's a, it's a collaboration of many people, um, you know, coming together. Uh, it was also the scene of the battle of Bywater where the hobbits rose up against the evil humans that were taking advantage of their resources and stripping them bare. So there could be a parallel made there between open source and proprietary in some cases, but uh, we'll leave that up to you to decide. <laughs> um, tell us how you make the company run so well with your employees spread throughout the United States and essentially provide service for users all over the world. Um, it's been really easy for us because of our great staff. Um, I, I feel like the staff is really... Uh, made it possible and um, there's a certain 
type of niche of a of an employee that fits well into this dynamic. I feel like um, lots of our employees are very comfortable behind a keyboard. Um, so working from a home um, helps us establish that. Uh, Nate, you can expand a little bit on that. I mean, communication is key also, not only with our customers, but with our staff. Um, we are in constant communication with the people who work with us. And, you know, that, that keeps them motivated. Uh, it makes sure that everybody knows what everybody else is doing. There's multiple modes of communication that we use with our company, you know, live chat, uh, Skype, uh, Zoom, which we're using for this podcast, you know, lots of different things. Uh, we try to do as much face-to-face, even if it's virtual, as possible. Um, and we use those same principles with our customers. Uh, and, and we found a lot of success in both cases. And also, no, no, no question is um, uh, not a bad question to ask. Um, you know, if you need help with your carburetor, we'll try to help you uh, search for an answer, and that's staff and partners. Um, so, we, you know, we try to be very open, um, and there's, there's nothing to hide. Yeah. I think that, that motivates everyone um, in the company. We also um, have really fun staff retreats every year uh, where everybody gets to get together and kind of have some face-to-face fun time together, um, and we work at the same time. <clears throat> Um, you know, we're all watching the shop, but we kind of get to do so in a, in one room, which is a novelty. And, and it really kind of energizes people to kind of make it through the whole year and still have that dynamic. Do you guys always see eye to eye on business decisions? No. But usually by the end of the day we do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any good partnership has total agreement on every <clears throat> you know, and on every issue or problem that comes up. And Brendan and I have known each other since we were three years old. So, you know, sometimes we argue. And But, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, we, we laugh about it and come to a middle ground one way or the other. Yeah. I think we've also established um, a very clear sense of responsibilities. Um, so that way um, we can hold each other accountable. No, we haven't. (laughs) (laughs) So if there are certain things that come up um, and it would fall onto one of our plates, then we discuss with each other about how we're going to move together uh, forward on it. Yeah, definitely. That's great. All right, we have two questions from partners. Um, One of our partners is curious how the philosophy of customer service, you know, being so central to our company, um, how the business model has really evolved over the years and, you know, how how Bywater has grown and how you still keep a focus on that customer service aspect. Um, So it's our core mission. Um, I could see uh, uh, Nate and myself if we uh, ever migrate away from that, then why are we doing this? Um, so we've made sure that in, in each decision and, and as we grow, that we find people that love that pure message. Um, now, I, I think that we've only improved on it in time um, with uh, studying the process, um, trying to be innovative and in, in adding new methods of communication Establishing town halls uh, was was a new one. Um, doing lots of videos, uh, having uh, customer follow up calls, 
Uh, these are all things that we've added to uh, strengthen our core mission. Um, I think that as we go forward, that's always our top priority is looking for new innovative ways of communication. Awesome. Yeah, we really haven't had to change too, too much in terms of how we do business. We still have that small company feel um, that we have with our customers. And that was something that everybody always told us that we would never be able to keep as we grew. And, you know, we support over a thousand libraries now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I still get on the phone four times a year and call our customers to see how they're doing. I'll call every single one of the thousand libraries. We have four or five people that are helping with that now instead of just me. It was, that was easier to do when we had like three customers, you know, but um, I'm still doing that. You know, it's all about, I think it's really important as an open source company to, to always know your role. Um, you know, and, and to never get too big for your britches, you know, we always keep in mind that we're here for our customers. Um, our customers are are kind of telling us how we should run our company. Um, you know, that's a really good point. And and I think that we, we, we try to structure contracts so that, um, that they keep us on our toes. Mm. Um, and that they can leave and take their data when they want to go so that we make sure that we're delivering our core message. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you one thing I love about working with everyone here is just the relationships that we build with our partners, you know, letting them know that we care and, and you know, building that, that friendship, you know, seeing them out at a conference or, you know, going out there for a training and just like getting to know them, you know, and, and watching them grow as individuals too which is fantastic. Seeing them become active in the community, you know, it's great. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. That's the thing about the company is that delivering that message is fun. Okay. One more question from our partners before we take it into some fun questions. Um, What role do you see Koha playing in the future of um, library services? World domination. No, I think, uh, you know, the evolution of Koha is moving so quickly um, because of the number of people who are adding to it, developing on it, and supporting it. Uh, You know, there's over 50 companies worldwide that support this one product. Yeah. Uh, And and that really breeds innovation. So, uh, you know, Brendan can speak to the more technical details of of what we're kind of delving into going forward with linked data and everything else. Um, But, you know, from from a higher level – it's a business model that we're seeing a lot of technology companies outside of the library world um, embracing. Like IBM and Sun Microsystems have, have embraced an open source kind of way of doing business because they haven't been able to keep up with the, their open source competitors. So um, instead of being a software and hardware company, now they're just really a hardware company and they open up their software because the innovation is so much faster that way. Um, and I think that's really starting to catch on in the library world which is going to, you know, continue the market share um, that, you know, Bywater and other Koha vendors are gaining. Um, I think we're one of the, uh, I think we've, we've sold the most contracts this year out of any other ILS at this point with new sales, not counting like upgrades um, in, in the country, which is pretty amazing. You know, we've signed about 56 contracts uh, this year alone. So. All right. Awesome. I, I see. Uh, I see Koha kind of as a central hub 
for um, uh, user experience within a library. And it's uh, connecting and linking together um, multiple silos of different user experiences within a library um, and doing that seamlessly and in a very uh, flexible and easy manner for the user. Uh, the, the key for the library is that they have so many um, programs and, and products that they, they're establishing and contents that they're sitting on uh, that the, the, the key is to link all of those together in a way that this is the front end for the library and uh, Koha is going to be able to do that. Um, easier than any other um, open source product or any other product that's, that's out there. Um, just the flexibility because it's a worldwide product. And I think it's the one product that actually is worldwide. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be learning about uh, um, different libraries around the world that are doing innovative um, products or innovative programs that will be integrated into Koha that uh, you know, U.S. libraries will be able to take advantage of. Cool. All right, now for some fun questions. Each of you. That was a fun question. <laughs> I should say some personal questions. Uh, what's your favorite type of food to cook? I, uh, I really like to uh, smoke meat. Um, I, was, uh, I, I, I took a class with uh, uh, this gentleman who was on a reality TV show. For, it was called uh, Pit Masters. And uh, one, of the, one of the contestants of that, I, I took a day-long class with that. And I used to be able to cook meat well, but now I, I, uh, I feel like I can do championship ribs um, very easily. And uh, they, they taste fabulous. Let's make those at the next staff retreat. Yeah, I did. I, did. I made it when, uh, when everyone came out here to Oregon. And then also for Christmas, I, I got um, Julie, Julia Child's uh, uh, French cookbook. Yeah. And I've been cooking my way through that. Cool. I like to make pasta dishes with anything that I have in the, in the, in the house. So I basically look at what ingredients I have in the fridge and in the pantry, throw them together, put them in a pot, saute it up, and make a yummy pasta dish. Awesome. Aside from Tolkien, who's your favorite author? Oh, man. <laughs> Brenda, you go first on that one. It's uh, it's Roald Dahl. Yeah, uh, I, I love I love all of his books. I actually went to the Roald Dahl Museum in in uh, England, uh, and I got to sit in the the chair that he used to write his uh, his novels. In. I really like uh, Richard K. Morgan and Patrick Lee, sci-fi writers. Um, if you could be any animal, what would it be? Stumper. Uh, mine would probably be um, a type of owl. Uh, probably, probably a barred owl. Brendan was an ornithologist in a past life. My, my undergrad degree is in ornithology. Uh, I don't know. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be a squirrel because they get to like run up tree, trees and jump around, but they're kind of like vermin. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, maybe a monkey. 
<laughs> yeah, I have a little bit of chimp in me. I could see you. I could see you as a monkey. <laughs> Um, how about this? What profession other than this would you like to attempt one day? I would love to open up a custom Jeep shop where you buy rusted out old Jeeps, you lift them up, you put big tires on it, you make them ready to go out uh, off-roading. It's a real big passion of mine that I started doing a few years ago. I was never really mechanically inclined, but learned a ton and uh, I would love to open up a garage and just sell Jeeps. Cool. Uh, I would like to be the president of baseball operations for the Mets. Mm. Cool. All right. Ready for this one? A penguin walks through that door right now wearing a sombrero. What does he say and where does he go? (laughs) Two shots. (laughs) Two two shots. (laughs) And he walks over to the bar. (laughs) <laughs> I would say donde esta la zapataria because he probably doesn't have any shoes on <laughs> okay if somebody wrote a biography about you what do you think the title should be it would probably be something lame like my nickname is bag <laughs> I don't know um, it would probably be uh, let's have the fun like that I think mine would probably be, I like space and Jeeps. Nice. Nice. I went to the Atlantis shuttle launch during the last space shuttle launch uh, in Florida, and I got interviewed by uh, one of the news things there, and they said, well, you know, why are you here on this momentum vacation? And I just kind of froze and said, I like space. <laughs> so that's kind of been my tagline since. It's forever. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Brendan, Nate, thank you for taking time today to join us for the Library is Open podcast. Uh, Thank you. Congratulations on starting this fabulous company. We enjoy working here, and I know that the people listening enjoy uh, hearing what you have to say. So for those of you out there, join us next month for our next podcast session. Thank you, guys.